What's up, peeps? It's your boy, the certified yogi. An ex-NFL player, Eben Britton. It's excellent to be with you guys, man. Um, I hope this finds you standing in your truth, living with strength and courage in your highest greatness. We need you. Um, Today's episode, really good one. Uh, I sat down with a soul brother. They're all soul brothers and soul sisters at this stage, I suppose. Just about everybody I come into contact with. Um, His name is Elias Theodoru. He's a professional mixed martial artist. He is the first and only, I believe, pro athlete to successfully navigate obtaining a therapeutic use exemption to use cannabis as medicine in his sport. Pretty awesome story. Kind of crazy. He's super knowledgeable in the cannabis space. Uh, the business regulations, what's going down, especially in Canada. He's a Canadian dude uh, living in the United States. We had a great conversation. He was in L.A. for a little stint. He's currently training in Vegas, preparing for uh, his next fight. We talk about cannabis and performance. We talk about NFTs. We talk about poker. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, so I think you will enjoy it as far as at some point I'm going to wrap up season two. I'm not exactly sure where we are at this stage. I have some ideas about things I want to accomplish before bringing this season to a close, but it's coming and you'll have a good idea of when that is and all the things happening. So This Sunday, I want to give you a quick shout. This Sunday, for all my Patreon members, we're doing a live breathwork and yoga session. Sunday at noon Pacific time. Would love to see you join the Power Tribe. I'm also offering one-on-one coaching there. That is anything and everything from life advice, uh, food, meditation, movement, business, direction, etc. You name it. I'm here to be of service to you. We'd love to have you join us there. Um, Before I let you go, this episode is brought to you by my brothers and sisters over at Bioptimizers. Bioptimizers is, as you know, if you listen to this show, it's, it's my favorite supplement company that I've ever come across. Essentially, what they've done is created a bunch of products that help maximize and optimize the amount of nutrition that you absorb from the food you eat and optimize the intake of the food you're eating. This product in particular, the Blood Sugar Breakthrough, Um, I have had these experiences from the time I was a little kid eating too heavily processed carbs or too much sugar or whatever it might have been. 
too much carbs, too much sugar in particular, I would feel these incredible spikes in my blood sugar, which would lead me to needing to feeling like I needed to take a nap. And throughout my life, my mother, who's also, she's been diagnosed as pre, pre-diabetic and treats that with food and movement and uh, has been very successful with that over the years in maintaining her health and, and really optimizing her own health. But this product, the blood sugar breakthrough, you know, to the layman, you may think, why do I need that? I, I don't, I don't understand why I would need something to help regulate or balance my blood sugar. And the truth of the matter is balanced blood sugar and the way your body uses, utilizes, and produces insulin have so much to do with your overall health and well-being. And in this day and age, where we are bombarded by all different types of food, highly processed foods, if you're not even if you're not careful, you could be someone who actually is very mindful about what you eat and there are still hidden ingredients in literally all that stuff. The keto-friendly stuff, the organic stuff, All of it has these weird hidden ingredients, if you're not careful, that have a really destructive impact on our insulin sensitivity, how our body uses insulin. And this creates all kinds of issues. We become diabetic, heart disease, respiratory ailments, all kinds of chronic disease, inflammation, etc., and so what this product does, what they've created is, is a product that actually helps optimize and balance your body's response to insulin, which helps to regulate your blood sugar in so facto, helps you stay leaner, help, helps you maintain more muscle mass, carry less fat makes you feel lighter and healthier in the long run. So I highly recommend it. Blood Sugar Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. You can head to bloodsugarbreakthrough.health forward slash ebb and flow. Use ebb and flow 10 to get 10% off your next order. You guys won't regret it. I'm telling you. It's awesome stuff. Uh, Before I let you go, October 7 to 9. Austin, Texas, I am teaching at The Gathering with my brother, Coach Joe DiStefano. I will be teaching yoga and breath work, the ebb and flow. Would love to see you there. Check it out. I'll have a link in the show notes. Other than that, y'all, have an excellent rest of your day. Enjoy. And enjoy this episode of The Ebb and Flow. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source, the key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension, the gateway at the junction of darkness and light, the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, 
testing times may go, this is the ebb and flow. What's good, bro? I'm happy to be here, man. Man, it's excellent to have you here. Elias Theodoru. Well, I love your name, dude. Thanks. thanks. Because I want to be like King Elias. <laughs> Leader of men. <laughs> I love it, dude. It's so badass. Um, it's great to have you here, man. It's uh, Jess, our mutual contact, friend, associate, um, fairy godmother. Yes. Connected yes. us. And, um, you know, man, something that I know I've been following you for a little while now, and I know that you're one of the first athletes ever who has successfully filed a therapeutic use exemption for cannabis as medicine. You're a pro fighter. I want you to talk to us about that, how you got that done. What does cannabis mean to you, first and foremost? Like, why? What led you to that point where you felt as though it was so important to you as a human being before your, your you know, your position as a professional athlete to go forward and try to get this done yeah i i basically um had a couple of acts with this if i if you will um originally i found cannabis um through i refound cannabis as an athlete through my coach at the time um he was a medical patient for quite some time and every time we would go to you know, different places outside of Canada because Canada has medical cannabis. Thank you, good sir. Yeah, man. That's a little Skywalker OG from uh, a new company I'm working with called Revenant. I'm with it. It's nice, huh? Yes, sir. Awesome, but, um, bro. so that's amazing. It came through your coach. Yep. Well, he was my, you know, my friend, my mentor, my coach, sure. as I mentioned. <clears throat> and, um, He's been a medical patient and a grower in his own right um, for over a decade at this point. And during uh, our, basically our time together, every time we would travel to train, because like that's what I fell in love with in mixed martial arts, like being the Ronin, being the um, the, the you know the the traveling fighter. Thank you, good sir. Um, falling in love with the fighter's journey. So we would travel and train all across the world. Like that's why I am in Vegas right now. Um, that's why, again, we went to, you know, Thailand, we went to, you know, Brazil together. We've gone like all over the world, training, traveling, fighting. And it was all those extended, um, traveling that I saw the detriment of when he wasn't able to take his medicine and was forced to take first line medicines like opioids, painkillers. I saw the ravages of what it did to his body. So now, you know, extrapolating that as a, you know, a professional athlete who has to compete at the highest level. When my own condition of bilateral neuropathy, essentially nerve damage of my upper extremities, mm. um, and one could imagine everything I do kind of, you know, yeah, um, of hurts that even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it needs that. your arms, bro. Arms in your hands. So long story short, long story short, um, every time I would see, every time I would go, you know, away with them, I would see that the ravages of what it would do. Um, you would get sick. You would get, you know, nausea. He would start throwing up, constipation mm -hmm. everywhere. I knew that, um, you know, once my own condition started to um, compound, I, I <coughs> excuse me, I knew that cannabis was right for me. So I, I talked to my doctor, 
And Canada has had, I think, medical cannabis since about 2005 in some capacity. Mm. So um, <laughs> I, luck, I lucked out in the, in the aspect of my, my family doctor who I've known. Literally, it's funny because I'm 33 now. Mm. I basically met him when I was like two when he was 33. Wow. So I've literally known him my whole life. Amazing. And um, he wa- he's coincidentally such a, a forefront on such uh, the forefront of cannabis in his own right. Um, along with helping me become the first cannabis athlete, both in British Columbia and Colorado, and I'll explain the, the process. Mm-hmm. Um, he's helped. He was the, the first person to first doctor to help um, the first person in Canada to essentially get um, workers comp and um, uh, workers comp and something else in regards to cannabis. So uh, previously, you, you know, if you got injured, your employer would only cover, you know, whatever opioids. you Sure. Need. So he was the first one to help with um, the first cannabis, um, uh, what's called injury claim. So uh, that's Quinta, amazing. Yeah, you know, doesn't want any any credit for it. Doesn't want any I shine love that, for it. Dude. He just loves uh, loves to help. Uh, obviously, as a as a doctor, and he's uh, been on the forefront in regards to that. So um, I talked to him, and we essentially, you know, went through um, cannabis, and we, we, you know, he helped me in that journey, that different aspect, you know, that bridge in regards to. You know, seeing it as my coach's medicine to my own medicine. And then when I became a UFC fighter, um, essentially what ended up happening was UFC partnered with USADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency. Um, Of course. And again, I I was all for that, especially because, you know, um, this isn't the hit the stick and ball game. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, What's it called? Uh, You know, Barry Bonds and uh, what's it called? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's that's one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Uh, If you want to juice up and hit the ball, the stick and ball, play the stick and ball game. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Exactly. That 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 stick is someone else's head. (laughs) Yeah. Don't want don't want cheaters. Yeah. But unfortunately, cannabis uh, is was at the same par, if not worse, uh, because of the stigma. Um, when they first started and obviously previously, um, then even steroids, like there were examples of two fighters, you know, fighting and someone would have, would have literally have steroids in their system and then like some other drug and they get 18 months. And then the person that had weed in their system originally got five years. Crazy. But yeah, so that's what I was dealing with. Um, and again, as someone that switched to cannabis through my, my medical provider, through my, my family doctor, as I mentioned, um, it was right at the time that the UFC partnered with uh, USADA that I approached uh, Jeff Nivinsky, which is the yeah. the head of um, essentially Mitch, the yeah. athlete development. Yep. Yeah. So um, he's he's the he's the guy that busted uh, yeah. Ar- Armstrong. He's in charge of all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was very it was very refreshing to see his stance on it that he didn't see cannabis as a yeah um, prohi- uh, a prohibited substance as anything like uh, yeah. he deals with re- real cheaters, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I had a great conversation with him that's about amazing. this on hot boxing. Yep, yep. And he was, uh, yeah. I mean, he. I, I love him because he's very, he's very honest and he's very just real about it. And he, I think he even said that, you know, as far as cannabis goes, he told us, you know, he felt like his hands were just tied based on government regulations, mm-hmm. the system. You know? So yeah. that that's basically what I went up with. So. <clears throat> You need anything else? No, I'm good right now. Water? I'm good for now. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I got you, bro. Whatever you need. I appreciate it. So 
exactly the situation that I was dealing with. So it was a, essentially an uphill battle when I was with the UFC. So USADA is a third-party system, a third-party organization, uh-huh. third-party company, right? Like it works with WADA, obviously, and all the other uh, governing bodies in every single um, nation that uh, you know it's all tied together with. Um, but because USADA, uh, for instance, gets a lot of its funding from the U.S. government, mm. they have the same protocols and the same um, essentially uh, stance sure. as cannabis as the U.S. government does. It being a Schedule One drug, it means right. that they look at it with no medical properties. So when I was uh, when I applied for a therapeutic use exemption, uh, which is again an exemption on a prohibited substance, cannabis is considered a prohibited substance. It's looked at like a steroid. Uh, you know, like as mentioned, even almost worse in some cases. We got to break that down after. It, it, it's going in the right direction. Right? No, no, like, I know. I want is. to talk about that with so, you. Um, but point being, so I applied for what's called a therapeutic use exemption, and um, the process it was it was a long one. I, I started this about five six years ago at this point, like 2015. I was having the conversation with Jeff Navinsky, and uh, I applied for it about a, a about six months later, give or take. Um, I did that quietly, um, kind of in the dark, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then I, I had like, again, a, like a realization and a, a moment to actually, uh, talk about the experience, uh, when Canada actually legalized it. So kind of like, you know, what was my that? Whole, three years ago, give four? or take, it was, yeah. uh, four years ago, it'll be four years this October, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, uh, the 20, uh, it's October 17th, 2018, I believe. Um, uh, point being, uh, when when we legalized it, I uh, announced that I was doing this kind of, you know, kind of a symbolism and kind of connecting it with uh, legalization and uh, and trying not to have the the same conversation, you know, in the dark, like how yeah. prohibition forces something, right? Yeah. Like there's been a prohibition, uh, and Canada, thankfully, kind of removed that uh, for the past almost four years now. So uh, that's when I uh, kind of shared it uh, publicly, but. Um, when the whole process, uh, it, it expanded so much more than my actual family doctor. I had to get pain medicine, uh, pain pain specialist doctors. I had to get nerve uh, doctors, sports medicine doctors, all compiling the same argument that Elias has medical, uh, sorry, Elias has bilateral neuropathy, uh, which all stems from a, a previous life as a like a semi-pro skateboarder. I used to jump over really oh. tall buildings. Before. That's dope, bro. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I kept the hair. Uh, I, I lost that. the skateboard, but I kept the hair. <laughs> but I saw some early photos of you, dude. You had the short hair. Yep, for a little bit, and then you brought it back. Brought it back, dude. That's how I am, man. <laughs> nice. My hair. I, every time I cut it, I look in the mirror. I'm like, "Where's the rest? Who of are it? you? <laughs> Who are you trying to impress, dude? Like, what <laughs> business are you going to?" Well, originally I thought um, the hair could get in the way. Um, yeah, with the with the fighting, but then I just started doing braids. Yeah, so I just bro. get badass braids. Dope. Yeah, I love that move. So I the used to Viking break- shit, dude. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I broke my hand two breaks for fra- four fractures. <sighs> Christ, and they took bone out of my hip and made me a new wrist and kind of pinned it all together. How old um, when that injury? Fifteen, like, like fifteen, give or take. That's intense. So bro. the interesting thing, the scaphoid—that's the bone I broke, like the more important bone I broke. Um, you know, like there's a certain percentage, it's like 50 percent or something like that. Uh, I don't know the exact uh, number, but um, are, of your bones are in your hands and your feet. So I broke this one bone, uh, which is like the only place because like every part of your bone has two points of like blood flow, except for mm. your scaphoid or scaphoid or scaphoid. Scaphoid, I think is what it's called. Um, and so this is the one place that has only one 
uh, one direction of blood flow. And if that degenerates, like your whole hand can just kind of like collapse, your wrist kind of collapse. So that's why I got the surgery. And that was the medical basis of what I could build, obviously, off of my um, aspect of um, my condition. Um, uh-huh. Beyond that, obviously, the different types of side effects like stingers, um, you know, range of motion issues. You get a lot of stingers. Cramps. Yep. Uh, and cannabis is what helps, especially in my regiment, like my regiment of cannabis. How do you get a stinger in fighting? Well, because in football, they're super common. Mm. I didn't. I never really got. I maybe had one in my whole career. Mm-hmm. I didn't get many stingers. That's great. I had a lot of low back shit. Fair enough. Like my right, I had such bad sciatic nerve mm. damage that like I still can't feel my right toes and they're fucking, my feet look like eagle claws, you know? <laughs> Mine are no better, but, but yeah, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm curious as a fighter. It's I not only fists, it's also you, again, you're grappling, I'm, grappling, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wrestling, yeah, yeah. I'm coming and try, I'm trying to come in like strong shapes. Like I would imagine, uh-huh. um, yeah. yeah, in any, uh, athletic where you're trying to do uh, you know, impose your will. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm basically bracing in a, a stronger yeah. shape. Yeah. So, uh, there's stingers in a lot of what I do, Interesting. Even, with the, even with the hitting. Right. Uh-huh. So like I, I also have it in my elbows in some capacity. I have and a that's bad. The, yeah. yeah. And that's where the stingers, again, the range of motion. If I try to push things or, yeah. or, or my training partner or opponent tries to push things in different directions. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's forced me to evolve my training. Um, and uh, work with it. Obviously, now I can work it with it with cannabis. Um, but and that's a whole aspect of incorporating it throughout my whole day. It's, yeah. Um, but a- again, uh, going back to it uh, with all that aspect. So of you that had team, all these doctors. Yes. Um, and basically compiling, we had like forty page. Like again, we were doing three, four, five um, different uh, components of uh, reapplying because they never say no. They just deny you. Uh-huh. And then the points, like they're basically sure. like 10 points right. uh, of why they, they say no. <clears throat> and eventually it kept on getting smaller. Uh, the last little point that they, again, they agreed that I have bilateral neuropathy. They agreed that um, cannabis could be right, but they wanted me to essentially exhaust every other medical mm. option in regards to pills. Ironically... <laughs> <laughs> while they were a uh, USADA, ironically, while or you know, sad, I don't know what the word right, ironically, right. um, but they were <laughs> telling me to do opioids the same time they had campaigns for opioid awareness, so yeah, yeah, for they, sure. They were, they I were love that. giving me, and again, we originally with my, with my family doctor, um, we would do like 21 days of a, a trial with it, and we did a whole bunch of like different categories, etc. etc. They said, no, you need to do it now nine weeks. So they kept on like moving the goalposts uh-huh. um, to the point where they're giving me, again, like opioids, painkillers, and SSRIs. They're giving me antidepressants. Jesus Christ. To the point where... Are you the, taking them? Or? Well, well but the, but it was at the antidepressant point. My doctor, my, do, my, my family doctor, again, my doctor said, listen, we haven't prescribed this kind of shit since like the 90s. Like the, we, we've, we've, because all that we're trying to do is just numb the whole thing. Oh, right. that hurts. We're just going to numb everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and Turn so you into a fucking zombie. Yeah. So, and again, at the same time, the side effects, not only does it not work as well, the side effects. Yeah. Like, so some of the, the most important one to me was, uh, bloating and indigestion and just constipation. Interesting. Because I cut weight. I walk right. around about 205, 210 pounds, uh-huh. but I get down to 185. Wow. These, um, these, uh, what do you call it? These, uh, different types of drugs yeah. would constipate me and they would 
bloat me. So I would retain water. I would add weight. So it, it's adding a stressor, not only to the aspect of it's not even helping what the yeah. root causes, but the backwards way that they had the mentality was I have to try every single drug under the sun and then we'll come back and then we'll go and talk so about So you were cannabis. doing this for in this, in the name of getting to the point where you could say, look, cannabis is the thing that works. At first, at first, it was again my own individual need as an athlete and right, a patient. Right, because I'll tell right? yeah, because like in and my then, football sorry, career, you know, during that time of my life, I'm I'm a much different human being mm. at this in this day and version of Ebb. But back then, man, I would have done anything to get myself on the field mm -hmm. feeling okay. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's the cataflam and the indocin, you know, these super potent anti-inflammatories or fucking Vicodin or uh, Valium or whatever it might be. Just get, get, I'll take the thing that you tell me is going to get me feeling good on the field. Um, and I didn't really think because I was in that warrior mentality, mm. you know, of whatever I got to do. Meanwhile, knowing and, and learning day by day man cannabis is always the thing like i get a great night's sleep i wake up feeling refreshed so i'm just curious from was that part of your i don't know part of your psychology at that stage no like, de definitely yeah. um and then it was by like again the fourth or fifth time where um at that point at the fourth or fifth time that not only I, but even the, the many different, like the team, like I, I had a uh, different uh, council. Now I have a, uh, this, right. I have like, I have so many more, um, part, like there's probably about resources. seven people, resources and I have like seven, uh, specialized individuals in each different aspect of this process. And again, it's still a no. So, and this is um, all through USADA, USADA, the world yeah. anti, uh, sorry, the United States anti-doping agency. And then it kind of came to the point where the UFC and I kind of came at it impasse and I, I we I left they left uh, in regards to um, what it was and I was able to then go in a different aspect as a free agent and be an agent of change it was at the point where they we all consolidated uh, my team and I and realized they're 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 saying no because again of the system it's not necessarily even uh, you it's because again this is such a backward approach they literally want to give me everything ironically at the same time that they're telling everyone be careful about taking everything <laughs> doing campaigns of anti-opioid so, campaigns, tell them to take all the opioids. Um, you would, you might have thought that was strange, but now it's 2021 and we've seen even weirder shit. Than yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that, those were the simpler times. <laughs> that's know? for damn sure. It's like, oh, is there something like weird? Is there something corrupt happening there? Ah, forget it. You yeah, know? business gonna business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um. So I, I leaving the um, the UFC, I was able to then go. So your the, contract was up, kind of like in that aspect, uh -huh. yeah. Um, and uh, again, a little bit of that. Obviously, uh, my, the fight I lost, so there was kind of like an impasse and an opportunity to kind sure. of do my own thing. And that's when I partnered. That's when I went through the actual Canadian system, and I I did it through the actual commission. So the British mm. Columbia Commission had a therapeutic use exemption uh, process. So taking that same team, the same information, updating it to the point where when I was a, um, you know, a, a free agent and able to, to do it, 
Um, I applied through the ther- uh, therapeutic use exemption through the British Columbia government and argued that um, cannabis, which is my medicine, is prescribed to me uh, by my doctor and afforded to, my, afforded to me by my fundamental rights as a Canadian um, to medicate as such. Um, that the that I was able to do it on top of the medical and you know the the, the other uh, research that was involved uh, leading up to it, and they agreed, and I was able to be um, uh, instrumental not only creating precedent for myself and all other athletes in in boxing and MMA, um, in amateur and professional, uh, the um, commission which is run by the and kind of like a, a subset of um, the British Columbia government uh, is even be bigger um of a i guess win if you will than uh, usada because usada is an organization that is bought right. a, a purchased for their 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 work um via uh you know a company this is a, a component of medical cannabis rights in british columbia because the commission is run by the british government so this is the first time that the uh, british columbia government so it's the first time in this provincial government or any provincial government in Canada has recognized cannabis as a medicine and um, allowed to be used as such. So even if, like, for instance, the 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 ma- usual maximum amount is something like 125 nanograms, give or take, I could probably have like a thousand at any given moment. <laughs> any given moment. But um, so that but but the thing is. That's allowed to be uh, used all the way up to essentially um, leaving out uh, game day. I'm not looking to uh-huh. get high when I fight, if you will. Yeah. I'm not looking to get impaired. I'm, I, I, I argued that cannabis should be looked at the same as a medicine and the same as alcohol, for instance. If you're, if you're not using it as a, a medical aspect, but more of a medicinal slash recreational, um, I, I, the same aspect is in regards to ac- uh, uh, alcohol. I don't think anyone should be impaired when they fight. I think they should be at their best of their ability. Um, and uh, that's what I was able to argue. And the, uh, against the actual standard of testing that they do for uh, cannabis in your system. Um, that 125 nanograms, it's the same for a 115-pound woman and a 265-pound man. I know uh, what's called a heavyweight friend who um, did it like a month before and it stayed in the system. And when he did a private test, it stayed in the system for like 80 days. Um it, he basically got his uh, his uh, title removed, Ugh. lost, took half his pay, give or take, Fuck. suspended. And then when he came back, he fought against someone that was really tough. And again, that was essentially two losses in a row. So Ugh. just because he had like, I think it was like 25 nanograms over. So so uh, again, fighting for um, uh, what I did through the British Columbia uh, Avenue in Canada um, set that precedent. And I was also uh, with that with that same team, my same council, um, Eric McCracken, um, kudos to him in regards to all his help in every single direction, both in the TUE front, but also our team and the other team and the other uh, organizations in British Columbia were instrumental of creating protocols to bring combat sports back to not only British Columbia, but also Canada. And Mm. they looked at us as a um, basically a blueprint to get back to um, sports. So I'm really proud of what I did in the cannabis front, but also proud of what I did in the aspect of getting uh, cannabis, um, and, sorry, combat sports uh, back to Canada post COVID. Dope, man. I love that, bro. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> um, do you know Dr. Sue Sisley? Yep. I, I know who, who she is. Yeah, for sure. I know that she's helped a couple NFL guys work on getting TUEs. Mm-hmm. 
I was curious. Did we, she? We, we've talked. Uh, we've talked before. Um, it, it, she. It, she again. She was a a great. Uh, you know. Um, a resource of information yeah. and uh, help and every time we did communicate nothing but the best and obviously um, uh, my uh, experience with her and then also um, what she's done in, in, in more broadly speaking in the, in the space yeah yeah no she's um, she's definitely done some great work and continues to um, man what is the deal it's difficult to in this day and age, honestly, it's difficult to have any sort of conversation that moves the envelope of scientific understanding or pushes the envelope of scientific understanding. But, you know, this thing key, this thing is always lingering this this argument or this idea or this fear about cannabis as a performance enhancer. You know, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about, you know, if we're talking about a performance enhancing substance being anything that gives you an edge, but like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, like you're taking steroids, it's quantifiable. You're taking mm -hmm. growth hormone, it's quantifiable. You have more strength, you have more power. You have more endurance. endurance. You can go longer. You can go harder. Throw some EPO in there. Yeah. You know, 100%. like that's a performance enhancer, right? But like when you're talking about cannabis, because that I've heard that argument like, oh, well, isn't it? Wouldn't it be a performance enhancer? But I would say if you're if in the same light as any guy who's taking a couple Vicodin before combat because he's in a lot of pain. And he pops a couple of Vicodin to get himself out of pain for competition. Like, a, you know, 50% of NFL offensive linemen are probably doing that. Fair enough. You know, eight games out of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, cannabis is not any more of a performance enhancer than that would be. Yeah, I, I think it all comes down to the impairment con concept. What, no matter what the substance is, uh, we're all bags of chemicals, and we need to figure That's out what, interesting. what we, we need to figure out what works best for us. And especially yeah. certain ones, there's an avenue to talk to a professional, a doctor, or again another individual, um, like another individual um, uh, expert in, in some capacity. I think um, it's also being in tune in regards to the mental, because I think with whether it's cannabis, whether it's any type of substance more the alternating substance um there might be not a medical but a, a medicinal component right like even the guy that that drinks six packs a day or six uh, a six pack six pack a day is doing it potentially uh to kind of escape to kind yeah. of uh you know changes physiology in in some capacity um yeah uh, even if it's temporary i think the difference going back to um the concept of uh, the, a performance enhancer i i think um uh, the traditional sense of steroids, EPO, and um, you know growth hormones or whatever, and something in that mix, um, those actually change your physiology. Um, I, I think there's a physicality that you know from supplements to you know better food than the guy that that you're competing right. against. Um, it, it's if we're we're essentially machines, and whoever's putting the best stuff in their their machine um, will obviously have some type of edge. 
Um, but I, I think, uh, again, cannabis and anything grown from the ground really is kind of under that, that blanket of it doesn't really change you for that long in the same capacity of any, anything else. I think, you know, there, there's a certain aspect of, um, you know, uh, supplements where it kind of jumps into that end, uh, that line, but I think cannabis doesn't come even close. I think the only argument that one can have really is the concept of uh, impairment. But again, that's uh, that's different from every single person. Like it's the same thing of any kind of substance. A couple of drinks for one person is a completely different than a couple of drinks for or a bunch of drinks for another. If uh, you know a couple of puffs is completely different for someone that can smash five hundred grams of edibles. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, yeah. there's some type of barometer, um, obviously for every single individual. And I, I think it just comes down to everybody and every body is different. Mm. Yeah. It's a good answer, man. Thanks. Um, you know, the other thing that comes to mind is I saw this video. There's this guy. He's I think he's a neuroscientist or a brain surgeon. He's on Instagram. He's got like a pretty pretty big following i i stumbled upon him through the bulletproof dave asprey podcast i think his name is dr amen or something um i don't know for sure but i saw a clip of him talking to somebody and he said he was talking about cannabis and he said let's get one thing straight right off the bat cannabis does not heal your brain or help your brain heal and uh, I thought that was really, it was something to that effect. <clears throat> and, you know, the guy, the interviewer was like, thank God for saying that, man. Thank you. You know, I, I can't tell you how many people are sitting around eating edibles going, I'm healing my brain. And I'm like, guys, pump the brakes, you know. Uh First of all, that is, from my understanding of, of what's out there, research and scientifically understood about the chemical compounds found in cannabis, the cannabinoids, that's completely untrue and false, simply based on the U.S. federal government's patent on cannabinoids as neuroprotectants and antioxidants, which means through scientific research. They've discovered that the cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant actually help protect the brain from damage and can help the brain heal after damage has occurred. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, so first of all, that's that's incorrect. And secondly, from my experience, my own just personal life experience, I mean, I suffered a, a lot of fucking brain trauma, dude, throughout my football career concussions, subconcussive hits, had my bell rung, you know, and I'm better cognitively today than I've ever been in my life. And thank God I was using cannabis throughout that whole career, throughout my entire football career. So, you know, I don't know. I think that cannabis is one of those things. It's one of those reasons why I feel it's so important for athletes like yourself to be honest about what's going on in their body and what works for them, you know, and who are intuitive fucking as an athlete, man. I mean, what's more important than your physical 
vessel. You know what I mean? And But not only that, to take it a step further, what's more important than your connection to it? And how you feel it and experience it and understand, you know, what I put into my body makes me feel X, Y, or Z. Therefore, I can figure out how to optimize this thing, you know? And that's why I think it's so important people who put themselves into these extreme situations, extreme physical rigor to report what works in ameliorating pain, in uh, reducing trauma, in, you know, coming out the other side healthy, well, and able to talk about the pain that was endured. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think about that? No, I agree. I think every... I think uh, to say something does not work when there's about 50, 60, 70 years of delayed research because of prohibition. Right. Um, I want does I think it does it an injustice. I agree. Uh, because there's so much that still needs to be explored. And again, with the, the weird situation that cannabis still finds itself, obviously it's getting better. It's moving in the, in the right direction. But the the aspect of its uh, scheduling, uh, and you know, there's been now proposals. Well, there's always been proposals to change the scheduling um, to allow more medical research to be done. And I think um, you know, there's even even extrapolating taking cannabis out of it because of its stigma. If you just look at the concept of placebos, in addition to an actual thing that's already been shown um, to have anti-inflammatory properties, <laughs> you know, I mean, to have different types of healing properties in, in it already with the, the, the lack of research we have or allowed to have up until recently. Um, and I think uh, the other interesting aspect is with, with cannabis, I think, again, it's the, the stigma of not being able to look around. I think, you know, there are many doctors um, that, uh, you know, are specialized in certain things, but they might not be that specialized in you know nutrition or right. specialized in other aspects of um being uh a very healthy person in 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 the longer aspects of it and i think that same thing can kind of that 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 lack of you know looking past someone's horizons because you know i, I kind of related to mixed martial artists in the aspect of um there's generalists and there's specialists i'm more of a mm. generalist right i'm a mixed martial artist that looks to kind of like mm. beat you uh by overtaking you with your weaknesses uh with my strengths and then kind of neutralizing your strengths against mine um or the same thing i think with certain very specialized doctors uh i think um there's a whole aspect that they they could uh you know, not um, be looking at, especially depending on when they stopped, uh, you know, practicing in the capacity of, you know, just learning. I think there are a lot of doctors right. that haven't looked past. I'm not saying this doctor has, but I'm, I'm saying there's a lot of doctors that haven't looked past, um, you know, maybe the 1970s when they, no. when they graduated. Right. It's but so true. Again, not even necessarily about that doctor, but yeah. Um, and he's I like think, a respected dude who's got sort of high minded ideas. That's but, tremendous. And, I, and I, here I, he is like I, kind of a little bit blind to the full scope of the reality mm-hmm. of cannabis. hundred percent was my, you know, hundred percent feeling and about it. Again, I think just the fact that we have cannabinoid receptors that 
actually acknowledge what this plant does. Right. And like even just simple tines of what, what it's already been showing in, in, you know, the CBD aspect and the way that there's so many cannabinoids that we can actually extract out. And again, there's that delay of what all these different compounds and all these different cannabinoids are is because we've had a prohibition on it for the last like 50, 60 years. Yeah. And again, that's now we could always extrapolate where that, that all came from in regards to the for-profit prison system, different types of uh, components of, um, you know, racism and, uh, you know, uh, even industry attacking other industry when you have like someone like William Randall Hearst who, who yeah. owned all the cotton mills and owned all the newspapers and started writing the, the you know, the, the marijuana hysteria yeah. that was in there just so, you know, his crop, cotton, uh, wasn't comp- competed against in regards to a female, the, uh, sorry, the male, trees. yeah, the male plant yeah. uh, of uh, cannabis. Yeah. And even the, the concept of like marijuana is essentially, uh, you know, it was almost like a used as a, derogatory spooky yeah. way to uh, uh you know create a real hysteria against the plant that again uh now 50 60 70 80 years later uh, could potentially be um a really important medicine and medicinal factor for you know an option i think every like i mentioned before everybody and everybody is different and uh you know connecting with a health professional to see what works best for you um i think uh, cannabis should be in that mix and uh, if uh, more doctors like mine uh, and, and the great ones that I've, I've met along the way were open-minded as they are, um, uh, again, not saying it's the end-all, be-all but it, 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 for everyone, but it, it could be an option for everyone. Love that, dude. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of experts are just highly attached to their identity. Mm-hmm. And ego. so the work, the ego, and they become blinded by science, you know, they become blinded by what's available and what's accepted rather than taking the, the leap, which I'm sure at some younger stage in their, in their medicinal practice, they would have been more open and more able to receive some new information that broadened their scope. Mm-hmm in the in the egocentric um sort of rooting they've done in their expertise they become less and less able to receive new knowledge no, no uh, i think it's um i guess that's with uh, you know everybody who's involved in just making cannabis completely legal you know what i mean politicians it's just like this sort of what is it man it's like because come on here we are it's just (laughs) we know the shit works you know and of course there are people that it doesn't work for but that's like everything Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people out there can't drink alcohol Mm -hmm. and that shit you could buy it by the fucking truckload in in anywhere you know it's been an essential service for exactly years Everybody's locked down except for the fucking liquor stores. Exactly. You know? Um, and where I come from in Canada, uh, Canada um, the liquor stores are Ontario, uh, a specific place in Canada, Toronto, um, anywhere in that general area. Uh, the government actually runs the liquor stores. Oh, God. So you, you'll, we have vaccine passports now, oh. but you, you, to, you, have, you need a vaccine to get a beer in a bar, but Hilarious. you can go unvaccinated to one of the 
government-run stores and buy it there. There's only certain places that, again, if, um, you know, I, I think it kind of comes Mind back to the boggles. Uh, th- this this situation in regards to the pandemic, I think in many ways, obviously, you know, there was an unprecedented time. There was an unprecedented component, um, especially in the early uh, months of this. Um, but I think uh, it kind of goes back to the same aspect of, um, you know, the prohibition of cannabis. Um, and I, I think it, it's kind of, you know, in the situation that we find ourselves with, we are, you know, the we are the the following generation of generations that did some stuff, and sometimes that was in you know well, and sometimes that wasn't. And a lot of the the stuff that wasn't, I don't think we're we're committed enough or um, you know forward thinking enough in regards to the people that are kind of in charge um, to kind of you know right some wrongs in ways that have kind of just been there. I think with cannabis. Even with the classification, I'm sure you want to talk about the for-profit prison system, um, you know, profiting on the capacity of uh, people. There's about still 45,000 people uh, in, in jail in the U.S. for nonviolent drug offenses. There's about like another couple of million. way more than that. No, no, uh, 45,000 that are still in jail for non-violent. Uh, non-violent. And that's just cannabis. Just possession. Just cannabis. Uh, there, I think there's like an, another like 500,000 or so uh, for non-violent drug offenses in general. Um, there's like a million people in jail for just um, some type of substance um, that yeah. the government um, deemed illegal. And, you know, you can go to a liquor store and buy that and there's no nothing wrong. You can go to, a, um, a, a, again, if you're of a certain age, you can go to um, the gas station and buy cigarettes that are much harmful than pretty much everything else <laughs> yeah. that, that people are in jail for. Um, but, um, or equally. Uh, but again, I think, um, a lot of that is the fact of peop- it was the way it was before. And, you know, there's certain uh, um, industries and there's certain uh, individuals that, um, you know, definitely benefit that way. <laughs> and I think it's just uh, hard to kind of change it um, without a constant push. But, you know, cannabis is definitely in the, in the right direction. It's not all right uh, decriminalized, but there's more and more um, states that are not only medical, but uh, uh, recreational accepting it, too. In Canada, uh, Canada is fully legal. It's fully legal federally. What does um, that look like? Um, you know, there's good and bad. I think with Canada, uh, we sometimes we we're, we're very progressive and we're very much uh, have government involved in a lot of things. So with um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, legalization. We had a four year head start. One of the you know one of the things of our our current government because they just had an election and they were just renewed like nothing changed. We threw. Six hundred million dollars at an election, uh, snap election in like thirty days, thirty six days, and our leader literally did it to get a, a majority. He literally has one extra seat, so we spent six hundred million dollars for him to get one extra seat. So we're exactly, but I digress. Um, but in two thousand fifteen, he was a very progressive individual who um, said he was going to legalize it, but unfortunately, because again the politicking game, he didn't want to get um, classified as you know uh, someone that's letting drugs into our country. Right. And, you know, won't someone think of the children? So they originally, uh, I think they, they originally said, uh, again, because it was attached to Health Canada because there was already medical, um, there, there, there's a lot of red tape in regards to the medical component. So, you know, in this campaign, a way to kind of like sidestep because of like focus grouping and stuff. So we're going to legalize it. Yeah, we're going to do this big thing. We're going to be the first like G7 country to do this. Um, but we're going to put all our profits uh, into anti-drug campaigns. And then their 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 official that does like the the count, the accounting for it like yo that that's 
gonna be like twenty five billion dollars. They're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, maybe not that. Okay, we'll just do a couple million bucks. Holy crap! So even in, even the way they did it, uh, again, it's kind of like it, it's loosening up. But like again, for a long time, uh, the legal market didn't have really good weed. To to be blunt, uh, and the legal the the illicit market uh, was considered <laughs> to um, be blunt. <laughs> to um, it was it was the packaging. It was again. It, it was a medicine. They they they're used uh-huh. to it being a medicine. Yeah. So especially if you're getting like I don't know two grams, like a, yeah. like a quarter, and you have like this big ass like container, and it's just kind of in there. It's like eh. And then there was also like a little bit of like an an arms arms race, if you will, in regards to like who could have the biggest facility. So like these like giant companies are like, like I want a million, I want a million. Me doing yeah. my doctor even. How about a million? Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, square feet facility grow yeah. up. Like, well, how about a million point five? Yeah. And we'll put it right by here, you know, an airport or something like that. And it's like, oh, wait, the airport, that place is cold. It's a lot of money to do that. And now everyone's growing weed uh, or everyone's growing cannabis, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, the supply isn't hitting demand because it's all kind of like stagnant. It's like, uh oh. But it's slowly loosening. It's slowly going in the right direction. Again, more importantly, uh, people aren't getting. Uh, arrested in the way that they did. The, the, there's some, you know, aspects of legality. There's some respects of um. They 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 were going to have what's the word I'm looking for? Not commentations, but uh, essentially pardons uh, for people uh, with nonviolent uh, drug offenses. And I, it's kind of been not as quick as uh, it should be. Um, but at the same time, again, like um, you know, the, your every Canadian. Uh, over the age of, uh, of the age of 19, um, and obviously anyone, uh, medical with a guardian, blah, 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 blah. But, um, uh, can have four plants in their backyard, four plants mm-hmm. in their house, right? Uh, again, there's certain condos that have their own, like, uh, what's it called ways. There's certain, like, you know, still s- stigma and still obstacles to grow your own cannabis. But essentially every citizen is allowed to grow four plants and have to have, I think they're allowed, uh, 30 grams on them. At mm. any given time, so uh, again, there's certain you know different wiggle room in the capacity, but it was a big thing. It was a big thing to do. Um, obviously, uh, you know some of the rollouts uh, in the capacity of like, for instance, edibles, uh, like drinking. Do you um, get it at a dispensary? Yep. Yep. So there's dispensaries. There's dispensaries all at around. At one point, wasn't it just like mail in or something? Like- yeah, yeah. Well, again, there was mail in. It was that because that's where it came from. The um, no, there, uh, there's clinics. And then there was also mail-in because uh, the the licensed producers, they would mail it to you. So you right. get it from your doctor uh-huh. and then that extrapolated into – because there wasn't actual – they were building these things, but they uh-huh. would mail it to you. Like it was so hilarious. Like yeah. our, our Canada Post, like our I national heard, yeah. post would send it to you. Yeah, I like, heard about that. Yeah, that, it, was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty neat. It was especially, <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, so uh, – what was I was gonna say, like, I remember a couple times where it's like I, I was out of town or whatever like that, and I would get it to either get mailed to me or like mailed to my parents just so I make sure that because you have to. I think with cannabis, yeah, you have to have like a an adult uh, an adult sign for it, uh-huh. like eventually at the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, so I would just like send it to my parents or send yeah. it to like a friend's place or whatever like that. But like sending like a big box of weed, <laughs> my dad's like, uh, "It's pretty. Is cool. this a?" Can I like? Am I gonna get in trouble? It's like the, the cop gonna jump out of the bush after I sign this. Like, no, Dad, it's completely legal. Was that any good? No. Well, the medical has uh, been great because again, okay. uh, the medical has always been great because yeah. of uh, uh, they don't have the same component of like 
for for lack of a better word regulation uh, no no lack of a better word uh it's not necessarily for a uh of course they want to make money but it's not necessarily because canada has like we have national uh healthcare, right so mm. like there's certain with any type of drug there's certain like um it's not that expensive again it's a right so you can get it in the mail um you can get like the best the best uh, stuff around and you could shop you could shop with any anyone originally i think some doctors had it where they would have like you know i have my own licensed producer but then eventually um i think uh especially on the more ethical side having all of the cannabis the, the doctor just being the the portal if you will to that but um you know uh now there definitely is great uh legal cannabis there's definitely great legal cannabis uh, out there. Um, uh, there. There's a kind of a little bit of a rush in regards to dispensaries. Uh-huh. Everyone thinks, uh, especially the way they like certain systems, like um, in Ontario, for instance, they had like a lottery system, and people had to like people paid to have like one of these lotteries, like mm. and they only gave like like twenty, the first twenty, yeah. and then that like that barrier to entry was like uh, let's say a hundred thousand dollars to get it, to be one of those first twenty. Now it's like six thousand dollars worth of um, uh, paperwork. <laughs> so like. So like the, there were certain people that got into it, like again with any industries, so there's certain people that got into it thinking that I'm going to have a gold mine. I have this edge. I, I'm going right. to have, I'm the first 20. And it's like, well, no, now there's 300. Right. <laughs> now there's 300 in, in, in Ontario. Of course. Ontario is big. Ontario is very big. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think, again, there's some people that necessarily, again, as with any, any industry, right? Like the first, if you look at it, like with a bar, like 50% of the of bars don't last like the first year or the first yeah. three years, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's just economics. I think that's growing pains with an industry that was illegal previously uh, to this. And like I said, with the, there's great legal cannabis um, and there, uh, there's some great um, dispensaries and there's some great experiences. It's not the same as like uh, necessarily uh, with, um, you know, certain lounges and, and stuff like that. Although, again, they're, they're, they're building out in that same direction. They have lounges? Really- um, not like there's some that kind of like, um, there, there are a couple, uh, that were w- one grandfathered in, um, uh, in regards to, they were there in more on the medical side and, uh, again, their landlords, uh, were okay with it. Um, and then it because cannabis wasn't necessarily classified as like the same as it eventually became with cigarettes, for uh-huh. instance, like, right. There was the vape lounge in Toronto. So like it's, uh, a lot okay. of it was like. It was a lot of BYOB and you just could buy other stuff that sure. was there, right? Like you'd rent rooms. It was like a, yeah. almost like a, it was a, it was a, a spot, like almost like a hookah place. Right, right. Um, uh, they, they've always kind of like kept alcohol. And there was also, for instance, like there was some really cool ones where there were, um, that was more in the, the gray market, if you will, if not straight up the, um, illicit market. Uh, but they would have, uh, uh, some really cool, uh, for instance, um, like almost like a farmer's market inside where they had music and they had like BIOB, they had like little samples and stuff like that where like, again, um, the purpose was to buy, like it was some really cool setup. So it was in a bar. It was really neat. And that I think awful. the cannabis lounge is a, is an under utilized. Yeah. We need I, more of those for sure. I think uh, a lot of it again is the rules and regulations. Yeah, I, think. I know. I yeah. know. Of so course. I, uh, they have them in uh, Vegas, if I believe. Um, there's a consumption I think so, lounge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called Planet Thirteen. I saw that they have it. Oh, they um, have one. Yeah, they have something like that capacity. You live in Vegas. Uh, I'm staying in Vegas. Uh, what's it called? I'm going to be in there for quite some time. Um, um, I'm, uh, uh, I guess probably a local in training, if you will. Um, I've been there many times before. Uh, this time I'm, I'm there for training, and I'm also uh, going to be part of the the World Series of Poker. Oh, sweet, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, are you a big poker player? Uh, during COVID, I kind of learned how to play and I don't suck. 
Sweet, dude. <laughs> so um, I believe that. Uh, like what's it called? I had a couple tournaments. Uh, you know, joined a couple tournaments that were kind of going on. The World Series of Poker during uh, COVID. They partnered with uh, GG Poker. It's a Canadian-based uh, uh, gambling. Uh, what's called uh, poker site, and um, uh, basically, I've partnered with them um, for the last X amount of uh, months. It's been during COVID. And, uh, one real cool thing, I actually connected with another, uh, Toronto guy, um, Ir Egyptian at Ir Egyptian. Uh, his name is, uh, Patrick. Uh, he's the man. Uh, he and I have kind of teamed up in regards to, I've taught him martial arts and uh, a lot of fitness. Um, during COVID, we did it virtually. And then, uh, you know, once the, once the, the lockdowns and all that, that stuff kind of like removed itself, uh, we've yeah. been kind of working together. He, he has a dedication, uh, obviously for the, the, the poker felt uh, on GG, uh, and, but also uh, in the gym, he's been putting in a lot of work and he's lost about 30 pounds, give or take. Nice, dude. Um, uh, a lot of that, it, we've been doing like two, three uh, sessions a week. Um, I've been kind of gone for the last couple of weeks, obviously now in Vegas and now here in Cali, but um, he, he's still he's still crushing it and um, he's still, uh, uh, you know, we're still on the virtual aspect. He's coming here now for the so wait. Um, World Series of Poker. And uh, that'll be in person. That it's gonna be both. It's gonna be online oh, and in person. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, there's different uh, events that I'm gonna be jumping in on. It's gonna be at the Rio. Um, awesome. So gonna do that. It's gonna be real exciting. Um, again, like I've I've actually like it's been a real ex- interesting aspect uh, to learn a different skill. Um, yeah. It, with poker, uh, again, thanks to to Patrick, my man. Um, he sh- like showed me the fundamentals and like not only is it like you know you know the big blind little blind but it's also like placement and it's also like the odds and then uh-huh. reverse odds and then reverse implied odds like there and then again every every player has their own style if you will so it's like really interesting to, it's almost like again there's different components where it's like similar to mixed martial arts where you're like yeah each person has different skills and they're trying to like you know kind of put up a front and yeah. then uh or they show you know you know chinks in their armor right, you know I mean? right kinks in their armor rather um and I love um, that, dude. so it's been interesting uh I've, I've been on a bunch of final tables um both big and small uh buy-ins i've uh you know they had a staple it was called beat the pros and i and i definitely did i smashed uh out a couple of pros nice, and i was able dude. to place uh third out of like uh i i've gotten probably like you know top 10 top five out of like three thousand people Fuck, like bro. multiple times that's serious. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so like, I don't suck. <laughs> so it's been really neat. Like, again, and like, I'm actually a, a little bit of a savage. Like, I, um, during, cause again, cause it's, uh, it's all online. Um, like I've, for, for instance, uh, one of my claim to fames <laughs> is uh, one, again, the third place out of like whatever it was like 3000, uh, in, uh, for beat the pros. And, um, uh, what's called I'm a little bit wild man. Like I, at home, I have this big, like hundred by hundred projection screen, like a dope projection screen with like a sound system and whatever. And I'm just like, like I, I, it's, there's no reservedness to them because they can't see me and I don't, uh-huh. I don't stream it live. Yeah. I do it afterwards, but I'm just like, we're not fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> like all that, you know, all that Wolf of Wall Street stuff. Like I just like being a big savage. But, um, uh, what do you call it? my claim to fame is I, I could have done better. I placed ninth out of, I think, um, ninth out of, I think, or, between seventh or ninth, I can't remember what it was, out of uh, probably like 2,000 people. But I ran about 10 to 15 kilometers to my car because I, I partied the night before at a bar and I don't drink or drive. So I just leave my car everywhere. Whenever I, when, like, because I'll drive my car anywhere and everywhere. Um, but uh, what's called as a, as a punishment um, or as a, you know, kind of a, you know, a motivation. Home? No, I'll run home. I no, no, I'll take, I'll take a cab or an Uber home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, what's called tipsy, but yeah. on the way back in the morning. 
I'm running. Like I, I've done, I've done that essentially like half marathons, half marathons in my car. So one of them, I did like I can't remember what it was ten kilometers or fifteen, somewhere in that range. But I, I ran to my car playing the, um, playing the uh, what do you call it, uh, the tournament, and I, I got a ticket because I left my car. There was for thirty bucks, but I won like like six hundred bucks. So That's I was like, awesome, Whatever, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I saw you're also doing NFTs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. That's so what does that look like? So I'm going to pair it up for my next fight. So Okay, um, cool. Similar to what I did in um similar to what I did in British Columbia because not only did I help bring back combat sports, I um uh my I I partnered as both the fighter and the promoter. So I was a mm. co-promoter for the events. I made That's it 19. Cool. I made it 19 and 21 plus. So, um, age gated in regards to the viewing and I was able to have cannabis sponsors throughout. So if, if you're in Canada uh, and you're 19 and over, you can watch it. So if you're in the U S you can that, make it 21 dude. and dude. over to watch it literally. And, um, so it was really interesting again, getting the, uh, the, the team, the, the resources, the, the partners, the, you know, uh, other people that again, um, as the co promoter slash owner of the content, I was able to give every single partner uh, the rights to that in perpetuity. Like I can give, uh, the rights to, um, all the, the pictures, the, um, you know, the, the, the content. I created like essentially a little mini docu-series. And that's what I did in, uh, BC when I, uh, made history in Canada, uh, validating my therapeutic use exemption. And uh, I got the next one in, uh, Colorado. Uh, the date is to be determined. Um, I'm going to be partnering with a another local promotion uh, out in uh, British Columbia, or sorry, out in Colorado. And the game plan again is to partner where they'll own the rights, all own the rights, and I can help uh, bring uh, really great partners and make more history. And that's going to be all attached to the NFT. I'm going to create an NFT to commemorate um, when I make history as the first cannabis athlete in the U.S. Um, anyone that wants to uh, fight the stigma and join uh, this historic moment will be able to um, own a piece of it uh, in their own right in regards to the NFT. So I'm going to have like obviously like a fight tee and I'm going to have like a, an official um, uh, fight NFT. So it's going to. What is the um, NFTs are really interesting to me. I don't really get it. Like I understand it's like digital art. Mm hmm. So what what will yours look like? Well, that's going to be uh, there's oh, going to okay. be a great that's, reveal on ah, that one. Okay, cool. Uh, what's it called? It's again, it's going to commemorate me knocking out uh, the prohibition of cannabis in uh, sports that's in the dope, U.S. Uh, and um, what that will represent is it's, it's essentially um, NFT is the best way that I can explain it is with um, similar to the component of um, art. You know, like art is a, an industry, uh, you know, you can buy $600 million worth of art and like, yeah. uh, there's ways that really, really rich people can kind of use that as one, both assets and probably appreciation in different aspects in regards to, um, some kind of like, you know, non-for-profit or a charity that they can kind of like commemorate that too. But, uh, the same thing as like, for instance, in the stocks, how now you can buy, now you can partner with people like, or you can use different uh, apps that can you can buy little different assets of uh, uh, you know and kind of battle against the hedge uh, what's it called um, hedge managers like you've seen like um, mm. you know you know in, in the capacity of um, what is it Wall Street bets and yeah, all that yeah, aspect yeah. the democratization of art so that right, same right. so that uh, same so that same uh, you know you might not be able to own a hundred million dollar uh, Mona Lisa right but you can own a piece of a it. piece of the digital version of it. 
<laughs> or whatever meme or whatever concept that everyone agrees has a value. So like the one interesting thing is like, you remember that, that video that was like on YouTube for the longest time? Uh, like the little friend or his little brother bites him and goes, ow, Charlie, that hurt. You bit oh, me. Yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah. So that they become an NFT. So they scrub that from the internet, I believe. And nowhere without it being paid. And everyone, I think, is involved in that payment. So any type of rights or regulations, like imagine if you owned, again, a Super Bowl. Uh, like you, you own Super Bowl twenty nine, man. You ten thousand people own the rights to Super Bowl twenty nine. So only those ten thousand people yeah. who spent, I don't know, At whatever the money, a hundred bucks or a yeah. thousand bucks. Yep. They are the they get to watch it whenever they watch want. Watch it, and they get to sell it again. So it's not only about uh, it's not only you get the it's again it's a hot commodity, and if we all agree, as with anything, right? Um, it could be a, a legit thing, or it could be again like the, the fucking 1600s tulip crash. Like people, what for whatever reason, bought thought tulips were the shit in Europe, so they all bought tulips and, and for thousands and thousands of dollars, and then tulips were worth nothing. Right. And it's like, oh fuck, I just spend my house, my my whole life saving on tulips. Right. Like we just agree as a, a society, as a, as a as a people, that this is worth something. So that's just kind of switching in the digital sense. Oh, I get it. Get it. So, like, instead of someone buying like a, a fight tee, it's like you'll buy my yeah. my digital fight tee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dope. Yeah, and I might pair that again. That, that that's the cool thing with me owning uh, the rights and the and the, the kind of direction this is gonna go. Um, I can I can kind of combine like a, potentially a t shirt with the original. Like, right, right. I'll, I'll combine it like my fight tee with the actual so NFT. You get the NFT and then. Elias sends you a dope T-shirt. Like the, the first, you know, X amount of yeah, yeah. Uh, amount of yeah. people, they get a T-shirt with it. I love it. Right? Yeah. Dope, so there's right. an additional component. So like, and then again, it's going to be making I think history. That's cool. It's going to be making history while I make history. It's the first cannabis inspired cannabis court. Sorry, sport cannabis inspired NFT, and love it's going to it. commemorate history as me becoming the first cannabis athlete in Colorado. I think it's perfect, man. Yeah. It's totally perfect. A little time capsule. Yeah. And you're the guy to do it. Working on it. Yeah, man. But again, um, I, I owe the, you know, the success of today to the giants of the shoulders, uh, the, sh- the shoulders of the giants before me, right? Like there's a lot of people totally. that um, both in regards to my team that have put, you know, thousands of hours in me and then obviously themselves to grow. And then the, the, the great team in the capacity, both in the cage and out, like the health professionals and the, you know, the, 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 the the legal professionals um, that have uh, helped me in regards to what I'm doing. Like, uh, you know, I, I think the UFC was a great platform for me to grow as both an athlete, an individual, uh, and obviously a fighter and beyond. But I think uh, kind of going it my own way is very, um, totally very man. connected to the aspect of, you know, why I got into fighting in the first place, the, the fighter's journey. And this is part of my journey. No doubt, bro. <clears throat> Um. Well, I'm stoked you stopped by, dude. I am too. And we got to hang out and connect. Uh, I love your work. You're killing it. Keep doing your thing. Um, is there anything you want to shout out to people before we wrap up? Um, or tell people about? Yeah, like uh, again, my next fight. Uh, if you want to follow my journey, um, at Elias Theodora on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Um, you know, I, I'm just excited to uh kind of. The stuff that I plan on doing, like whether it's like, again, the World Series of Poker um, and with GG Poker and then obviously uh, gloves and shoves that I have with Patrick and in that journey and that, that whole different like side 
component of my journey that is now blossomed into this like really interesting thing. Um, or, or, or the fact of, again, um, being able to educate and advocate in regards to a plant that I, I, I really care about. Um, I'm really excited to just keep doing me both inside of the cage and anyone that wants to join my journey. Again, you can follow me on at Elias Theodore. Awesome, bro. Really, really a pleasure, man. Mm. Thank you. Um, well, I hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. It's excellent to have my brother, King Elias in the house and uh hey man follow him he does some great work some hilarious memes as well <laughs> thrown in with the meaningful insightful knowledge uh one of the things i loved was the meme from the office of you shaking hands with the two. <laughs> and you're like the government thanking me for going back into lockdown it's like me. I've been stoned since March 2019, like yeah, or 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was perfect, dude. It was hilarious. Um, so, so much good stuff there, man. Good luck with everything. Um, I'm definitely stoked to hear about the World Series of Poker and your next fight and the NFT. And um, all right, y'all. Lots of love to you guys. My dogs are about to <laughs> Beautiful. kill each other. <laughs> now they love each other. They're hilarious. Um, that's it. All right, y'all. Uh, I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace.